My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. On DAB Digital Radio, online and via the TalkSport app. Talk wrestling on TalkSport 2. Going old school with the opener. You're listening to Talk Wrestling on your Fight Night podcast feed from TalkSport. I'm Will Gavin, alongside TalkSport's wrestling czar, Alex McCarthy. And we're here to bring you an AEW double or nothing special, ahead of one of the biggest and very best pay-per-views of the year consistently. Boy, do we have a guest list and a half for you. We've got, I think, one of mine and Alex's absolute favourite up-and-coming wrestlers in Ricky Starks. We've got Jamie Hayer coming over and representing the Brits. And... She's not the only one, because true wrestling royalty join us today. William Regal is on the show, talking AW, talking about the move over there, and just talking. Trust me, the man talks, and we love it. This is Talk Wrestling on your Fight Night feed from Talk Sports. A very good day. I don't know. Night, evening, morning. Uh, this is Talk Wrestling on Talk Sports uh, on your Fight Night feed. Like, review, subscribe, do all that good stuff. It really does help more people find the show. Uh, Alex McCarthy. It was the Talk Sport much delayed Christmas party last night slash post Euros party slash post season <laughs> party. Whatever it was. Either way, the bosses paid for us all to have a drink and a jolly good time. Um, and so I apologise. I don't know about you. My voice sounds a little bit rubby this morning. <laughs> I'm all right. I left, um, when did I leave? About half nine, which was all right, because as I've said to you, my children are actually under the weather at the moment. So uh, unless I wanted to be in the doghouse for eternity, um, I could only indulge so much, William. Well, I'm glad that I did. It was a good party while I was there, I must say. The first thing to say is I hope the little ones get better. Um, Thank you. Thank beyond you. that, I uh, <laughs> I wish I'd gone to bed at half nine or left at <laughs> half nine uh, instead of getting home at about 3am. Anyway, uh, it got me in training because this weekend, of course, we're going to be staying up and watching AEW's Double or Nothing on Fight TV. And they've provided us with some sensational interviews for you today. I just listed them off. Al did them last night while I was up setting up the party and putting out bellinis and stuff. Um, Al, they, I mean, a great list of guests for people today. Honestly, William Regal is like, uh, we could have easily gone hours. Not an hour, hours. Like, the guy is so 
engrossing, knowledgeable, uh, just the intellect on the man is, is you know in a, in a wrestling capacity as well it's just absolutely it's phenomenal to listen to um i i think i only asked him like four or five questions <laughs> and he spoke <laughs> for like half an hour 35 minutes he just he just goes and he's got so much to say uh, you know his podcast when it drops is going to be great but this is a great window to that and also Jamie Hayter who, who actually at the beginning of the interview says she doesn't really do interviews and that's true if you look online they're very they are very hard to find so it was pretty cool getting into her background she grew up in Southampton I went to university in Southampton so we had a you know a nice little bonding session will uh, and then obviously Ricky Starks you know he everyone loved the interview the first time we had him on talk wrestling uh, and again he was just opening up on tearing people up on the mic, which he loves to do. Um, but obviously he's been wrestling more this year, which I think has been great for all of us to see. Very excited about that tag match at Double or Nothing. So honestly, it was a great spread of guests. Very excited for you guys to listen to that today. But as a consequence, so we don't go too, too long, um, obviously that's going to dominate the show, Will, yeah. those three interviews. And we will just give some... Some key thoughts and points, perhaps, to Double or Nothing. Yeah, I think that's the way forward. We'll do a big review next week. Uh, and we'll yeah. also get in some WWE news next week. I know a few people were tweeting us, asking us to talk about developing situations, particularly in the women's tag division. Uh, we will, get, trust me, we have thoughts on all that stuff and we will get into it. But, you know, uh, nobody's got time to listen to a two-hour podcast between now and uh, and this weekend. So uh, we've got some just phenomenal interviews to bring you. So we want to bring you those in full. The Double or Nothing card, big, long card for this show um for the first time in a while i've i've looked at an aw card and thought that they've really almost tried to cram stuff on and yet as i look down the card everything has a point everything has a meaning uh, everything has uh, am i missing stuff that d- maybe doesn't well <laughs> i mean I, I don't know if jade cargill's match i mean i love jade cargill but i don't know if if that needed to be on the card Okay, you know, probably, I, yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. It's, it's probably it's probably going to be on the the buy-in. To be fair, I think that's where Hookhausen's going to find themselves as well with Tony Nese and Smart Mark. And again, I like Hookhausen, uh, and I, I've, I'm a huge proponent of Jade Cargill. I would have liked her to have a real story rather than Anna Jade just happened last week. But I'm sure it's going to be good, right? I'm just saying, as for a long card. Um, I think I started looking at the top down and didn't get that far down. I can only apologise. (laughs) But, you know, the rest of it, like you said, I mean, look, MJF and Wardlow, great story-laden feud. Hardys and the Young Bucks, it's like, who's not going to watch that? Um, Jericho appreciates the Battle Combat Club. That's going to be great. Uh, The tag team three-way. Thunder Rose and Serena Deeb's going to be a clinic. Hangman and CM Punk in the main event where... I believe Punk's actually going to win the title. Wow! Bang! This yep. is going to be the first match I was going to bring up, of course, yep. uh, as we look at it, because that's, that's the big one. And look, it's been an interesting build for this. I've really enjoyed it, and I like that they've kept them mostly separate, and it's been jibing, and I like that it's been, you know... Um, uh, having CM Punk on commentary while you've got... Uh, You've got Hangman doing the GTS and then like commenting on it, saying how much he loved it and all that stuff. I, I've really, I think the two of them have gone back and forth brilliantly. But I think like there's part of me that goes, I didn't really think about how big this match is because CM Punk, his return to wrestling was one of arguably the biggest moment in wrestling in the last what five years or so. 
Oh. Hangman Page, his ascendancy, uh, initial, you know, the roller coaster that got him there, is Great one of the story. best pieces of long-term storytelling we've seen in wrestling in decades, let alone in the last five years. And so to have these two headlining your main pay-per-view and have a good build to it, but I was convinced that Hangman retains. I know that no, CM I... Punk... I just... I don't know, does Punk need the title on him to be no, he, a he, main he, event he player? Doesn't. He doesn't, but you could also make the argument that whoever takes it off him after that yeah. will benef- would benefit yeah. more than, than whoever takes it off Hangman Page, right? So it's kind of like whatever you've got down the line. And I truly believe MJF is going to be the champion after. They're going to revisit that with Punk. He's going to take the title. Um, or however, whoever takes it off Punk stands to you know, uh, gain a lot more than they would from Hangman Ed and Page. I just feel like the way the story's laid out, I'm convinced now that Punk's in his head. Page is not... Uh, you know, he's acting kind of erratically, right? Like, and Punk being the whole, like, why are you so angry? Like, what's, <laughs> what's, what, what do you got to be angry about? Like, he's trying to be very respectful, but clearly he's rattled Paige in, in this build up. And, and I think he's thrown him off what has brought him to the dance, per se. And I think Punk's going to win. Um, I do think MJF will be the guy that moves into world title contention. But I guess, you know, his situation with AEW is, up in the air anyway. I don't know what's a shoot, what's a work like in that contract situation. It looks like it's very real, but, you know, who knows? Um, so, again, I would have thought he's next. <sighs> Can't say for certain, though. Let me ask you this, Will. Owen Hart winners, women and men, do they go for the Britt Baker-Adam Cole double? I think they very well could. It's a similar thing with Samoa Joe. Him coming back to wrestling, it's something he doesn't necessarily need to be no. uh, a feature guy. I lo- I mean, but does Brit? Does love- Brit need the women's one? I kind of feel like, though, with Brit, what they're, what they're trying to do is build her up into kind of this almost Brock Lesnar-esque. Uh, wow. A, there is a female <laughs> equivalent of that, I'm sure, and I'm horrible for not doing it. Charlotte, I guess, on the WWE side. I think they're trying to build her into this absolute, like, dominating uh, machine, but... I- I still feel like, as much as they've improved the women's side of the business, I still feel like there's a way to go with the way that it's featured, the way to go with the way that the mid-card and lower end of the card is used in particular. Um, So it would be nice to see one of the others take it and use it as a way of building them up. I feel like it's going to be Britt Baker. And Adam Cosmojo, I feel like, is harder to call, but I, I, I... I'm leaning Cole, but would love to see Joe. Apparently, there um, there's, there's could, reports there could be belts involved in this as well, which I love. Oh wow! But there, I mean, are, they could they could go the power couple route, is what I'm saying. Yeah, they could. And if it's a black belt and a pink belt to represent the Heart Foundation colours, which is what the reports oh, were wow. last week, you want the two of them side by side, holding them up together, making that whole big deal of it. Why wouldn't you do that? That's that's great TV, but. I'd kind of be happy with anyone. <laughs> Honestly, I like everyone, everyone involved. <laughs> There's good reasons to give anyone, to, to put anyone over here. Wardlow beats MJF, right? Just for the sake of the story. Yeah. Well, now, just because, yeah, he, need, he needs to be wrestling in AEW again. So, just on that very simple premise. Yes. It's why I struggle uh, with matches like this. And I know they did, like, the Cody Rhodes... Uh, would never be allowed to go for the title again and they actually followed through with it, which I didn't expect them to do. So sometimes they do throw us a curveball, but this is literally, you're not going to be allowed back in the company again. Yeah, Wardlow will be permanently banned, is the wording, from signing with AEW. There might be a loophole around that, I don't know. You know, MJF signed him in the first place to perform in AEW, so, I don't know. Someone else signed him? Uh, Who knows? But, uh, I, Wardlow is obviously breaking out into a big star. I think the opening of Dynamite this week 
solidified that. The crowd reaction was fantastic for for his moment on top of the cage and and just you know generally in that matchup. So, man, they've got to go with it. Don't don't think about it too hard. Do you know what I mean? Don't just throw us a yeah, curveball yeah, yeah. to throw us one. He's on the right track. Go with it. He's been superb recently as well. Mm. Uh, Thunder Rosa retain. Yeah, I think so. I'd I like the chemistry of Rosa and Deep, by yeah. the way. Obviously, they wor- they worked over the NWA title. I feel like I've just gone, yeah, a lot during today's show. <laughs> a lot of agreement. <laughs> LA Knight. Oh, sorry, who's that? <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, but, uh, but anyway, uh, I do think it's going to be a great match, though. It's going to be. It's one of those, you know, when you're like an, a new champion, um, and I guess Hangman Adam Page had this luxury, you want to work with, like, top quality workers to have great matches to solidify your reign um but most people know that the champion's not gonna be losing right yeah, yeah, so yeah. so what what you need is just a great match to kind of distract people from the fact that they're not gonna they're not gonna lose you don't need like a carly um so i think what rose has got here with deeb obviously is she's on absolute fire they have great chemistry anyway it makes the world of sense that you would do this with her when you've got Britt baker doing something else jade cargo is still in the ascension Though, I mean, to be fair, I would have had Tony Storm, but she hasn't, she hasn't been with the company long enough. But what I'm saying is those are the main players who I would be looking at if I was Tony Khan thinking, OK, how do I work the stories to those women? And he's got time. Pay-per-views are nicely spread out. So let Thunder Rosa uh, solidify herself and keep the rain going strong. Um, let, and just beyond that, just to say, the rest of the card uh, looks, I have to say, it looks a little bit like a New Japan uh, card, like a New <laughs> Japan pay-per-view. It's like, right, multi-man matches left, right and centre. But we did think we were going to get that with AEW, and we have done to an extent uh, more and more of the kind of stable uh, groups. And there, there is a bunch of that today, and I'm kind of here for it. <laughs> I'm going to enjoy it. Yeah. It's going to get good names on the card. They'll put on good matches. I, I think this is going to be really strong all the way through. I, I'm excited. I'm pumped. Look, I- House of Black Death Triangle will, will bang. It will bang. Um, you know, whoever wins that, I'm not. I'm not even sure what the story is anymore because Death Triangle <laughs> have been injured like 50 times. Um, but you know, Hardys as well and Young Bucks again. Who, who cares who wins that? It's just going to be great. Um, I, I imagine the Jericho Appreciation Society are going to win by shenanigans. You know, the wizard himself. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. yeah, I, yeah. The, I think they'll play on the dissension of Kingston and Danielson because it's not like. It's not truly the Blackpool Combat Club, is it? It's like a mismatch on their team, whereas the other team are a team. So I would imagine that's how that goes down. But that's Anakin in the arena, so you know there's going to be some wild stuff going on. Um, again, it's the, the talent that's involved in all these matches is just going to be wildly entertaining. It really is. Uh, and you'll be able to watch it in this country, of course, on Fight TV. Uh, you can get it on the pay-per-view there, uh, and they help set us up with some of these interviews, so thank you to the guys at Fight. Uh, yep. That's where we'll be watching it, and let's get into them, because they are stunning. Uh, we'll start off with... Do you want to do... I mean... It's got to be regal. Obviously, you go Has main event be. last normally, but we've teased people for 15 minutes. Let's get to the man, the myth, the legend, genuine legend of both UK wrestling around the world. Astonishing even now to see him in an AEW ring, but absolutely loving it. William Regal with the main man, Alex McCarthy. Talk wrestling is our show, and we're delighted ah. to have William Regal on for the first time. Uh, honestly, it's a, it's a great pleasure to have you on the show. I've wanted Thank to speak to you for so long. Um, and I, I've got to tell you, uh, my Twitter feed is a giveaway of this. I love the Blackpool Combat Club. I'm a huge fan of the, how that's transpiring lately. But, I mean, you know what I do like as well is you look like 
you're really enjoying it too, being yes. alongside Brian Moxley. I've spoken to both of them uh, at length. They've spoken about you before, Brian in particular, about the influence you've had on their career. So let's just start there, shall we? Like the opportunity to come in, is it basically as a result? Is Brian the one saying, come on? Absolutely. Um, I, I was all ready to have a year off. Once I got let go from uh, WWE, I, I'd done nothing. The only time I'd ever had any time off in 39 years was when I was either really sick or injured. And when I was injured, I wasn't off. And when I was sick, most of the time I wasn't off because I was doing something involved with, with something. And I was ready to just have a year off and, and do nothing but talk with my son and guide him through with things that he's doing. Um, and then Brian called me. And if it hadn't been Brian called me, I, I wouldn't be probably here now. Because there's nobody else would have talked me into this. Uh, but... I don't say he, he didn't have to talk to me into it. It's just that he asked. Yeah. It is, is, um, we have a very, you know, a 22 year relationship, but it's, it is somewhat like another son to me, you know? So it's, um, it was just no, no questions asked. I was just, that, that was it. You, you want, yeah. Oh, oh, and you want me to talk to him? And then what? I'm coming in. Because it was to you know come and do something with me, not telling me what, just something. Yeah, yeah. Of course I will. Yeah, you know, there's no no question. And then um, a few days later, I was having conversations with AW, and then two weeks later, I was at the pay per view. It was that quick. I mean, wow. it, it was all done, put together, and in, in less than three weeks, I, I was. And I didn't sign my deal. I walked in the building at quarter past seven that night because I didn't want people seeing me get there. I walked in and I signed the deal as I before I walked to the ring. That was how that was put together. Let me let me ask you this. Um, just a little window into my fandom. The Rock was like the first guy I fell in love with in the light, in the late nineties. I fell out of it a little bit when I went to university for a couple of years, and Brian Danielson brought me back into it. He was Daniel Bryan at the time, but he was a wrestler that I watched, and I was like, oh, oh my god, how good is he? Obviously, calling you a wrestling historian would be less than spot on uh, you are obviously a man of great knowledge where does Brian Danielson stack up in all time professional wrestlers in the ring as high as anybody well I mean um, yeah but for, for you if you had to I mean I know placing them is incredibly hard but yeah um, because he's had the last 22 years of the majority of Things that have happened uh, have happened because of, he's one of the reasons why. Mm. And most uh, and 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 so many people because of him doing what they're not. You know, there was a, a group of young lads and and they had nowhere else to go. They had to start their own thing, right? And there he was one of them. And and Joe and 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 Chris Daniels and 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 and. and Brian Kendrick and, and people, they all had to start their own thing. And I was fortunate enough. People think it, it, it's the other way around. They, they say, oh, well, you did this with my No, They did something for me. We luckily, fortunately came together. We were put in the same place at the same time in 2000. And 
they and there's another fellow who's very instrumental in, in a lot of this uh, just being there he doesn't get any credit anymore but as far as this, the way that the job changed would be Tom Carter Reckless Youth because he was there as well and he was a, a fan of British wrestling it's, it was there was until 1999 there was that was when the tape trading thing started and they started getting the first time that really any British wrestling was showing up in America and these younger lads mm. who wanted it and, and ladies who wanted to get into the job started seeing it. Well, then I ended, I, I ended up getting put with Brian, the two Brians and Tom Carter. We all came together at the same time and they were helping me as much as I was helping them because I'd had a, I'd had a documented off the rails in 97 and 98. Uh, but 99, I was fine again. But I'd been sort of been in WCW and I'd just been going about the thing and wasn't getting... Well, like 2000, I got an opportunity to go back to WWE and I'm put with them. And we would train with the other people there. And then when they left... We would stay from three o'clock till past midnight every day. We were training, and then every show, we, they were they were just never left my side. We were just together. Brian was the one who was more interested in the British stuff. Well, I, then they were asked, that, you know. So it, it just became that was the thing, and then a lot of the at the same time I met. Uh, that's. Uh, it was about the March of 2000. I met Joe. Um, I got sent by WWE to to uh, California, and I met John Cena. I met Joe. I met uh, Chris Daniels. I met Frankie Kazarian. All at the same time. So I met all these people at the same time. And then from then onwards, um, especially there was Joe and Brian. So I kept in and Brian Kendrick kept in touch. They all went off doing the different things, but they all... Brian <coughs> Danielson didn't send me stuff because yeah. uh, he's too cheap, but a lot of the others did. <laughs> they were all sending me stuff. Um, they were all sending me their DVD, whatever they, they would do. You know, they, and then it, and that, a match that the two Brians had from Ring of Honor and all of these young lads that... And, and ladies that would come in would come as extras to WWE and they'd find me by the ring no different than now when I get to the to the, the, the building my phone stays in my bag and I'm at the ring mm. doing something or trying to learn something or trying to work on something and if there was nobody there then I'd go and sit with it watching the camera or people in the truck or learning something or oh looking at it from their angle and so I was always doing something so to, to to be a part of this thing, if Brian hadn't have asked me, um, who knows what would have happened? But I'm glad he did, and it it, it is a real thing. This is a not a it, it's playing out on TV. But the the, the three of us, and I, I obviously got to know John later on, um, and we had a a twelve month period where we, we spent time a lot of time together doing a. a story in FCW but also we, we got on in a different way we didn't talk that much but we me and him understand each other a bit I think it's because we're better rogues right we just get we we spot we get each other 
differently than I, I am with Brian. And when they said about doing this, and it was like, oh, John's involved as well. Right, great. And then John came up with a name. I didn't. He said this, and I was like, you want to call it that? He said, well, yeah, because it wasn't for you. They're like coming, and I've always kept, it wasn't my own town. I moved to Blackpool and I started wrestling there when I was 15, but I moved there at 16. Um, that's obviously the, we can tap that part of that. I was like, okay. And, but it's a real thing that we are, with, with Wheeler, we're a, a, a dead set on making him the best professional wrestler he can be with all these influences and different styles and things that we've all picked up from wherever we've picked him up from. I'm just as open to learning everything as, as they are. And we're all collectively are now like he's in, he's in Japan, Japan now and in con- daily contact with somebody, one of us about something. And, mm. and, and this is a, a, that's what's making this become what it is. You know? So if Brian hadn't have asked me, I, I wouldn't be here. How pleased are you with Wheeler's development already in the BCC? Because already, to me, he's moved up levels. And not only him, everybody that gets to wrestle them. That's another thing. Because Mm. you you watch every talent, a young talent that gets to wrestle, any of them are are, are getting better. Because that's how I got here, was getting to wrestle better people. So... I'm blown away with him and, and, and Daniel Garcia as well because they got themselves noticed in COVID, right? They got themselves over and got themselves... I was going to hire them last year in, in, in WWE. I had them and, and was ready to hire, but then change of philosophy there. But I was going to hire both of them then, right? I wanted to hire them. Um, so I'm so happy that he's, he's... Whatever he's done, he's doing... He's doing an incredible job, and now we're all focused on trying to make him as, as give him everything that we've got, so he can get there a lot quicker than we got there, right? So, <laughs> right, because Brian, you know, had to, to go through a lot. We started off this conversation about Brian. Brian started started a shot. You know, how could you have a better thing? But it's because he, you know, yeah, scrimped and scraped, saved his money, went to Sean's school. Ended up with me, did whatever he had to do in his world in America. I sent him to Britain, did four years going doing butlins and whatever else he had to do in Britain. Uh, I, I got him and originally got him a, a, some connection of mine. I don't know if he knows that, but with with New Japan when they had their first LA dojo, um, and it, it just went from there. And all these other people that were all different things and coming so he's had to fix so we can condense a lot of that I can firstly I don't do this 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 because I'm in a right mess of my life doing that that's one but then the wrestling stuff we can however Wheeler's figured it out well yeah you've done an incredible job already right now we can save you between a lot of us probably save you 20 years worth of things not to do and just this is what to do and make it your own and whatever does that make sense and it's just yeah of course and so that's why he's getting so already you know boom we, we, we every day we're at the when I get to the building I'm, I'm in the ring eastern time 11 o'clock me and Brian are there and Wheeler's with us and we're training and we train all day and any any other young talent about they're watching all come and get in with us 
I, that's not my job. It's not my job anymore. But that's what I do. My phone's in my bag. It doesn't get out. My wife knows. I check my phone twice a day. I'm not looking at my phone. I'm there to learn, right? And so is Brian. Brian doesn't carry his phone with him because he's there to learn. Wheeler doesn't carry his phone with him. We're there to get better, and that's what this is all about. Is trying to get a new group of young wrestlers, which there are plenty of them, and there always has been. But okay, if you wanted it, but there's a lot of hard work goes into this, and you've, you've got to really dedicate yourself to it. That's why he's getting good. Yeah, and, and that's the, I know you need like opponents, and like you said, it works both ways in that kind of lifting all talent. Um, but would you or do you want to expand the BCC? Okay. Like how how big can it get? So at first, everybody's throwing names about, and even we were thinking of it, but at the moment. If, from personal experience, I was a wrestler before I, when I came to America. I, that was my style. I was a wrestler, yeah. wrestling wrestler, right? Because there's many styles of wrestlers. There is. I, but it was, let's focus everything we can at the moment. What we decided on a few weeks ago, there's loads of people we're looking at, and always looking. But if you take all the wrestlers off the table and put them all in one group, who are they supposed to wrestle? As far as people who wrestle the same style. So even if they not part of this, but they get to wrestle, anybody in the group, which is, you can see it every week on TV. Dante, last week, is a young lad with a lot of talent, but he's got a great interest in, in British wrestling. He watches all, like, Johnny Saint and Steve Gray and stuff. He studies that. But who's he going to get to do it with? Unless he wrestles somebody who, who, who does something, even if it's a little bit and not quite as obvious that it's that, he's wrestling people that are getting stuff passed down to them. So they're all it. So, yeah, one day we might go, right, now it's time for this. But I'm conscious, and it's a real decision that we had a while back was, no, never mind getting anybody else at the moment, because we, what we, if, then you spread it. Another thing, if, if we, the three of us, we're all learning off each other, and we've, and, and we want, we, we also, we all three don't think we know anything. We're all trying to get better. And that's mm. me being a competitor. I'm still trying to learn off everybody new and everything new. And then we've got Wheeler. Well, let's concentrate on him first. Because if you start, then it, it takes every second that you spend with somebody else takes a second off Wheeler. Right? Yeah. So let's concentrate on him. Anybody who wrestles them, it's going to get passed down to them whether they know it or not through getting a good kick in or whatever. They're going to learn. They're going to go back if they're smart and watch the tech, watch whatever it is and see what, oh, what was Wheeler doing? What was Brian doing? What was and the knock-on effect that that will affect a lot of people instead of just throwing everybody in and, and going, oh, which is what a lot of people, you know, I've had a lot of people come to me. I'd love to be a part of that. And I know all of us have. Yeah. And don't think we wouldn't like you to be in it but you would be better off if you actually weren't in this and you're getting to wrestle us because then you feel it firsthand, right? I was at a certain stage in my life and I was wrestling. I got to be Big Daddy's tag partner at 18 and I quit because I'd learned all this wrestling stuff, but I wasn't getting to do it in that role. That takes a, 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 a different mindset to quit a, a big spot at that age. But I wanted to, so I went to another company so I could wrestle better wrestlers. And then 
my career got to where it got to. If I'd have stayed in that role, I wouldn't have got anywhere. You need to, to be a good wrestler. You either need to be trained by really good wrestlers or you need to wrestle really good wrestlers. So we'd be doing actually a disservice to the actual people, who the younger talent that want to wrestle at the moment if we take, us, take them off the table and put them in our group. They can, and to your uh, point, and a lot of them actually do come and they're all watching us train. And sometimes we say, Come yeah. and train with us. They're training with us, but actually, you need opponents. And, that, and that's a, a real thing to it. You know, you need to wrestle better opponents. Otherwise, you just, you're wrestling, if you're wrestling as a striker and kicker all day long, that's, you can't do all that intricate wrestling stuff. It doesn't work. No. Yeah. You've got to fight. I, I know it's. I know it's meant to be like you know a fight on on Sunday at double or nothing Jericho appreciation that is going to be a fight that is going to be an absolute but to, fight. Your, but to your point Daniel Garcia a man that everyone wanted in the Blackpool Combat Club he's against you this Sunday so that's a good example right of of having that exactly. come together right right and and he's going to learn from that because he's going to have to survive that but it's also you know don't think I'm not keeping an eye on him and he's, he's one of many but he's somebody again who made a name for himself and he's a wrestler so I'm keeping that but he's, he's better off actually facing us at the moment than being a part of us because he's going to have to fight to survive on Sunday. That's a di- and again, that's another skill you've got to learn. Is to he's going to have to survive and yeah. survive against Brian yeah. kicking the life out of it, or John smashing life out of it. Eddie and, and Santana and Ortiz doing whatever they're going to do to him. It's going to make him better, and so eventually he'll just get he'll learn he'll get better himself. You mentioned earlier, of course, you know, uh, Garcia and Wheeler being two people that you considered for NXT. You were saying Ricky Starks is somebody you wanted to bring in yes. as well. Yeah. Um, tell us a little bit about that. And did you see the writing on the wall when the branding was changed, perhaps? Uh, no, it was just a, a change of philosophy that, you know, there was a. T- uh, <laughs> I told this story recently, but all the top, all the top talent at NXT, we after NXT Portland, we came out, and I, I have the theory that everything peaked at Portland. People take it for granted now that we put out thirty-six incredible shows. There's no company in history ever done that ever. 36 universally praised show, but it became take, took for granted after a while, right? But you go back and watch this, that, that, this that, that's an incredible thing to do. After that yeah. show in, in, in Portland, we, every, all the top fellas there, most of them are here now in AEW. <laughs> we, we, we all knew, we said, something's got to change because we've done everything. We need to stop. And I don't know what it is. None of us knew. We, we don't Something different, a little bit, to start evolving this. To, because we've just done everything. We can't get how many more incredible things before it... And, and we managed somehow to keep going through COVID. But once COVID hit, all those thoughts went out the window. It was survival. And let's just get through this. So it really stayed, everything stayed the same. We just did it with no people. Right? 
when I was told there was going to be a change last year, there was a lot of reasons, and you everybody's got their own thoughts. But I thought it needed a change because most of the young up and coming wrestlers weren't coming our way anyway. They were coming to AEW. There was a few yeah. coming our way. They were they come here because they were looking at it. It's like it's great when everybody else was moaning about this way. I wasn't. Right, I'm, I'm going great. That's another place because my job is to look after wrestlers. Well, part of my job looking after wrestlers who don't work, didn't work for the company I work for. Where, where do I, where, where do you work, fellas? You need to go out and work and get noticed. Where do you work? So I would send sometimes send them to England, send them to up, up places, up, send them to different companies. Yeah, it's another company where they can go and get better. Right? That's the way I was looking at it in the company at that time. But if their idea was okay, we want whatever we want to do with it. I'm I work for them. Yeah, that, that's great. And and we pretty much knew that. Okay, if whatever comes out the other side of this, we've got to start changing something. Right, because we've we've had, to, and unfortunately, the, the byproduct of COVID was a lot of the same fellas because they were incredibly good and reliable, and ladies were in, the ladies crew we had was incredible. They were on constantly, week after week after week through COVID. So you you can only anybody can only be on TV for so long. Well, they all had a two year spell of being on TV every week. So it it, it, it was. We knew something had to change. If they want to change, okay, let's just make it work. So it was, okay, we're going to go this way. Okay, we go that way. Um, and there's, I'm thinking, well, there's another place for people to go. That it, it's We still don't know what's we're still coming out of this thing. Even now we're still coming out of this thing. But there's a place for go. So... Good, because it'll work itself out one way or the other. There's very few people get to stay in one company for their life. So they can now there's options for all these younger people to go to different places. Because if you get good here, you probably chances more chances of somebody wanting you somewhere else, right? Pretty, pretty obvious. But if you've got nowhere to go, how are you supposed to get noticed? So that's that's just no different than it's always been for me but from when I started in this. So I was on board with it, and, and then I saw the philosophy changing. Okay, then I changed with it. It'll work itself out somehow. Whatever happened when I, when I, when I know what, you know, when I... It was come a time we were on board. Okay, we got to change. It, it, it was told us, um, and then H went down, um, got ill, and without him around, I'm never going to be a person. And he knew that is why he took me on at the very beginning. I was the first person to be a part of that. I will never say yes if I think the answer is no, ever. Yeah. That's, that's me. And there was, if you send somebody down there new that wants to oversee it and everybody's still coming to me, doesn't matter what he says to it, it's perfect business sense. I understood my, right, it's time for me to go, right? And when it came, I, okay, I get it. Could you keep me on as something else? Yeah, of course you could. But it's too late because I'm too ingrained in this and everybody's going to associate me in this. As a business move, it's best to get rid of me. Yeah, right. I understand, I guess. Right. So it didn't matter to me because really I'd, I needed... I didn't realise till I stopped how much I'd gone through in the last few years. I needed some time off. Yeah. Like, even now, 
everything is I'm involved in is here. I, I am not aware of what's going on in the rest of the world of wrestling because I've had to do nothing but that for the last year. I've done yeah. it for the last whatever, but the last 10 years I've, I've, I've known everything about every place, about every company. I've watched every show from everywhere because that was my job to be on top of that. And I'm still not doing that. I'm doing what I'm doing here and watching what's going on here because this is where I work now. I haven't got 150 people. I don't, by the time I left there, there was 100 people at NXT, 150 people in the UK. And I've got to make sure that they're all okay as much as possible. And, with, and But you can't, it's not a two-minute conversation that when people have real problems going on. I, and I had to take all that off. And when you're trying to, you don't realise how much that does to you until you actually... Don't have to do it, and then go. Well, I can just be talent now, or talent and concentrate on doing what I really love to do is to teach people to be a better wrestler. Right, Mister Eagle. I'm aware that we don't have too much time, so I'm going to do my thank yous in a minute. I do want to ask you quick though, because I did enjoy King of the Ring, Regal. Was was there ever um, any discussions about you being the world champ? You, you know, we saw Drew become the first UK champ, but. You were yeah. never discussed? Yeah, I, I should. I, I, I did an interview earlier today and I said I was really happy for, for Beck and Seamus because uh, they were the first. And I said there was never a British champion. I, I, I should have said English because there's never been an English champion. So I'm, I'm incredible. Drew's somebody I've known obviously since he was 20 or something. I'm so happy for him. Um, there was never, to me, there was never any talk of that. And that story will come out soon because I've just recently told it of what happened at that time and, and what did happen. It was a something that wouldn't even get a blink of an eye nowadays why I got out of that. But once I was out of that role, within a few days of me wondering why I was, because it was a bit of a nonsense thing, um, but just a different time and things were very... Um, fragile with the perception of what was going on with the, with with wrestling, and I just took it on the chin and didn't try and fight anything. I was glad I was out of it because I, I didn't realise how much pressure that I was putting on me. Like I did one time in in that I think there was thirteen different segments I did in in Raw. That's a lot of stuff to do. Yeah. And like coming back, that's why I, once I got there, and I, I sorry, I'm keeping you, but once I got there, to the middle, I wasn't, I didn't want to be that top person. I'd already, I'd been through that much life. I, I wanted to just work 180 days a year and then go on to see my children. Because my first two children barely saw at all growing up. Because I was away all the time. I was quite happy with the schedule. I didn't want to be world champion. I didn't, because there's a lot of weight that, that so you're working 300. 50 days a year and working 30 hours a day you know what I mean it's a non-stop job I didn't want that I wanted that. that's why I'm still with my wife since I was 17 that's why I'm still with my, my children talk to me you know it comes with a price I've got friends still you lose everything a lot of the times when you're in that position I didn't want it so there was no talk of it Maybe there, maybe there was with other people it was never mentioned to me it was just a role that I was in well, I'm delighted that you are still involved and you did decide to come to AEW, man, because as I say, I'm enjoying I'm, it really. I'm absolutely loving it here because, again, I'm, I'm just getting to be me and do concentrate on helping people who want help. And I love that. That's what I do. You do. 
And it's been a thrill for me. Uh, Mr. Regal, thank you so much for joining us here on Talk Wrestling on TalkSport. I would love to do this again one day, and I'm sure we will. Hopefully on these shores would be great when you guys okay. come over. Do you know, is there any talk of a UK show? Do we know this? Oh, I, I don't know. I, I, don't I hope know. so. Let's just hope. I've been here three um, months, but it's gone by so quick because, I'm again, I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to f- figure out my place in this. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. Wow. I will pester Tony for that answer. But until then, William Regal, thank you so much for joining us on TalkSport. Thank you very much indeed for having me. Thank you. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Jamie Hater, thank you for joining Talk Wrestling here on Talk Sport. A lovely first time interview here, fellow Brit. You know what? Yeah, I, I never was- do interviews really, so this is uh, pretty new for me. What a coop for us. I know. Here at Wrestling. I did see you're you're born in Southampton, right? Did you grow up there too? I did, yes. Well, technically, I was actually born in Kent, but that's kind of like that's boring. Like no one's going to be like, oh yeah, I was born in Kent. I grew up in Southampton. I lived in Kent for like two years, so I would say yeah, I I would say born and raised in Southampton for sure. All right, I I went to university in Southampton, so I feel like I feel like we have a kindred spirit there. The nightlife resonates with me yeah oh like bedford place great yes orange rooms all of it i used to love those places <laughs> and southampton had a, a leisure world like and the town i live in i think only has the other leisure world oh, really in, in this in the country it's weird that's but, insane um, i did not know that uni was great i loved it there did, did you do what did you when did you could you start investing in 2017 am i wrong 2016. Okay. So what Wait, did you no, do 2015. Before? Sorry, Jesus. Um, 
I didn't do college or university. I went straight to work. As soon as I left school, I went, I, I went straight into a job. What was your first job? It was... <laughs> it was so... I was a cleaner for... So I don't, I don't live directly in... Uh, when I lived at home, I didn't live directly in Southampton City Centre. I lived, like, in Eastleigh, which is, like, a smaller I, town. I, I played football there. I know Eastleigh. It's oh, good. really? Yeah, like, uh, everyone make, makes a joke because it is a bit of a shithole. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I used to clean, like, the shopping centre there. Mm-hmm. Like, I just have to wake up at, like, one o'clock in the morning and walk to the Swan Centre and go, like, clean up. And it was it was horrific. I used to cry every day at that job because I hated it so much. Like, it was so bad. Yeah. And that's when you said, you know what, I should just go kick people's asses at wrestling. Yeah, that's of what course. Absolutely. I was like, this is not for me. Like, I always had, like... During and before wrestling, I always just had like, you know, whatever kind of jobs because I, I always thought to myself, like, this isn't what I want to do. This is just to like earn money so I can like live. Like, I know this yeah. is it for me. So I just kind of like sucked it up and was like, oh, this will do for now. Do you full on live in America now? Yeah. Where, where are you set up there? Oh, I live in uh, Atlanta now. Oh, wow. Atlanta. Yeah. Oh, Especially good. because, like, travel, like, everywhere's a direct flight from Atlanta. It's, like, a big hub for travel. So I didn't yeah. I just to live there. And, like, there's a school there that I train at, like, Nightmare Factory. And, yeah, like, it's it's just a lot. It's a lot nicer. Like, I live kind of out of the way of everything as well. Not right next to a lake. It's very peaceful. It's lovely. <laughs> the way you say lake. lake. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, no, I know you mean. I've connected into Atlanta loads of times when I go yeah. into America. It's, it's a bit of a hub. Um, the reason I asked though about you being based in America is because before COVID, I know you had done. That's a weird term, isn't it? Everyone's like, oh yeah, it's like it's over like now. It's like history. you know, like uh, BC. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's done. That's the new um, not before Christ. It's before COVID now. So. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, you, you did like an appearance in NXT UK. I did. Um, and you did turn up in AEW. So at that point, were you still figuring out kind of what you wanted to do? Uh, well, not really. I kind of like knew what I wanted to do. Like I, I appeared in NXT UK in 2019. I want to say, oh, I, can't, I can't remember when exactly it was. So I appeared there. I did a tryout not long after um and then i kind of already was planning on moving to japan so i went to the trial and because i was like you know it's a a good opportunity like you know you never know what's going to come from anything so i went i did that but then i was i went to japan instead and lived there and then covid happened and then i come home (laughs) yeah yeah so how does uh aew happen that because i'm cautious of like you know, like the Tony Storms and B yeah. Priestley and yeah. Blair Davenport, sorry. Um, and, you know, obviously that circle of, of ladies, but you all kind of ended up in different places. When it oh, yeah. I My career's kind of been a bit weird. Like, it's, it's, I never was really like an indie name. Like, I when I wrestled in the UK, I never got booked anywhere, really. I worked at, like, Pro Wrestling Eve, Ref Pro, one or two other ones but I never worked like the other promotions I never really got my name out there in the UK until I guess I went to Japan like that was after the first time 
like I I was like oh, I kind of like like wrestling over there because that was like my favorite kind of place to go and like the wrestling's good and like the life out there was great um yeah and then yeah I just kind of went from there I just kind of stuck to the Japan stuff but when I was in Japan B was signed at that time and she was living out there and I kind of kept in contact with Brit when we had a match. And again, everything seemed to happen in 2019. Like everything kind of yeah. got put in the pot there and then it accumulated it later on. But me and Brit wrestled uh, at Pro Wrestling Eve and uh, we had a really fun match. We got on really well. And then she was like, oh, would you ever be interested in coming to America? And I was like, oh, absolutely. But I'm going to Japan. So maybe after and we kept in contact and you know we messaged back and forth and yeah I went in 2019 uh two times and then after that time uh AW got me a visa and under the kind of thing like oh yeah we're definitely going to work together again in future and I was like wow this is very exciting I get to do Japan I'm getting the visa for AW like this is the dream and then uh COVID happened like as every single story kind of seems to go COVID happened and then I went back home and I was on the dole for a year and a half two years which sucked it was so bad yeah it was really bad but here I am now so I can't really moan or complain about it like it all kind of works out in the end my mum always says about me that I always fall in shit and come up smelling like roses so that's kind of how I live my life and I think that because it's so true like it genuinely is true didn't Brandy Rhodes attack you um a memory has just come to mind were you meant to do something together because it was never really followed up was it was that because of Covid or I don't know (laughs) I have no idea um I just was told like hey this is happening and I was like okay like I I was just going with everything and then I guess nothing really came of it which was fine that was okay but I I can't give you an answer for that because I I truly have no idea well like you said though it has worked out obviously you've been running with Frick uh like you said I assume that was her pitch then to come in and and work alongside her and you know, mm-hmm. how, again, how much fun have you had? A being being able to showcase yourself in AEW, you know, largest audience, and some yeah. of the matches you've had with very, very talented women, but doing it with a friend that you'd made and Britt Baker too. It must be yeah, great. it's really great. Like I think it, it's very nerve wracking going into a company, especially when you like. Yeah. If I went to AEW and I didn't like know anyone, I'd be so nervous. But like going there and kind of having Brit there to kind of teach me the ropes and kind of be by my side, it was it's really lovely. Like I'm really thankful for that, and I'm so thankful that you know she helped me get to this point because she always kind of you know saw the potential in me and she was like you know you're, you're really good. Like she really wanted me to be here from like the get go, and I appreciate that. Like and yeah, I'm always going to be thankful of her like believing in me and wanting me by her side because. I think when someone wants you right next to them like that, that's kind of very reassuring to yourself. Like, okay, I can do this. I'm, I'm, I know what I'm doing. Can I just ask with the NXT, you know, the WWE chart you had, was that Regal? Hmm? Was that William Regal who came to you for that? The NXT trial? No, it was just, you just got to get an email. Like, hey, we want to ah. come to a trial. It wasn't anyone like specific. Like, I was just like, okay, like, sure. It's quite exciting getting the email, you know, because you're like, oh, wow, like you're getting picked out of, you know, a bunch of people. They know you. Yeah, they know who you are. Like it's always, it's always nice to know that you're on somebody's radar, whether it's yeah. WWE, AEW, 
any other promotion, you know. Um, but yeah, it was just it was just an email. <laughs> yeah, I, know. I, I wish it was like a letter from Hogwarts or something like that, you know, like the, the wax on the back of the, the envelope and such. That, that would have been cool. And if they start doing that, then you owe me some money. <laughs> uh, Forbidden Door is coming up. Yes. Now, the, the history that you have in Japan, of course, um, there's been no news yet. And, uh, it's a question I'd love to ask Tony Khan, actually, but presumably women will be involved on this show like if you could what would you like oh my gosh um any of the stardom girls uh i still massively keep up to date with stardom i have a subscription to stardom world i watch the shows all the time because i spent a good portion of my time there and i feel like I really hone my craft then. I, I have such a soft spot for that place. Um, I would wrestle with any of them. But Mayu is the SWA champion. I never technically lost or dropped the belt. I didn't even drop the tag belts. So I would love to wrestle Mayu for the SWA title. If if I could choose my match, if I had one at yeah. the door, that would be it, I think. But if that couldn't happen, I would wrestle literally anyone on that roster. <laughs> literally anyone. Yeah, because they're all um, that good. I am a huge fan, uh, and I've loved her. I knew, and you know, I only actually got to know her when she came over to AW, but I love Yuka Sakazaki. I think she's like... Isn't she great? The funnest wrestler to watch yeah. ever. Um, she's so sweet. Her. She's so lovely. Yeah, I was about to say, I want to, you can wrestle her. That's what I'm booking. I would, I would like to wrestle her too, especially because she's in AEW. Like it's, she's very good. Like I love wrestling Riho. Um, I had a really good match with Emmy at Eve back in home in the UK, which was still to this day one of my favorite matches ever. Like the Joshi talent yeah. is just the best in the world, in my opinion. I I love all the Joshi girls. Now let me ask you this, uh, um, Tony oh, Storm no, that said, "Smile, oh God." Yeah. Tony Storm said she lived with you for a few months. Yes. And that girl trained. She would go to the garage gym for two hours straight, and you could hear her like screaming. Yeah, Jane, yeah, what are you doing? That. What are you Just, doing in the gym? I was like, because like I know it was for COVID was such a shit time. I it was the worst time of my life. I think. <laughs> I think it was for everybody. I had nothing else to do. Like I had, I couldn't go to the gym like like normal i couldn't go to a wrestling train i couldn't wrestle i couldn't do anything so i had all of this like pent-up anger and aggression and like just all these like feelings every time i'd go to the gym i'd just be like ah, like banging around like throwing weights around lifting heavy like i just went completely ape when i went in there it was yeah she probably heard a lot of strange noises and she might have heard me cry in there. I don't know. Who knows? Just any noise that comes from there, just mind your business, you know? Yeah. Anything goes in the gym. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I come out and they're like, do you have a good workout? Yeah, yeah, I'm good. Uh, just going to go eat now. <laughs> <laughs> Forget what you heard. Um, you but heard that's what I was going to say um, with Tony, uh, I was going to ask if you had like a favourite AEW match thus far because I think for a lot of fans it was cool to see you and Tony together uh, yeah. recently. Yeah, um, I really enjoy wrestling Tony. I enjoy wrestling anybody to be honest with you. Like 
anyone I can wrestle is an opportunity and it's a challenge. Um, favorite match in AEW thus far? That's a very good question. I'm good. Honestly, I think me and Tony or me and Rio. Mm. probably my two favorite matches I've had thus far. I've really enjoyed all of them, but for me, those two, like, in particular, stick out in my mind. And actually, I really did enjoy my match with Mercedes on Rampage as well. I thought that was really That was a good one. Yeah, Yeah. I like that one. Yeah. Um, Did Tony speak to you before coming to AW, I presume? No. No? You just rocked up. I I I was like, you're here. She was like, yes, I am. And we embraced, so... And then we it each other up. <laughs> yeah, as, as happens. Um, yeah. But it is, it is quite cool, like that class of uh, of ladies that have come from the UK. And I'm going to include like the Katie Rays, or oh, Alice yeah. Piper, who's her name now. Yes. Um, Dewdrop, Piper. Um, yeah. You know, like, again, we've already spoke about Tony and Blair. B. Sorry, there's so many names. There's so many different uh, names. It's confusing. Oh, I'm going to <laughs> but but isn't it like it's cool you're, you're a part of that class too of, of ladies that have, have gone around the world japan america yeah. england and they've really it's an honor, it's an honor to be in that like category with them because even when i was like just starting you know tony kaylee b viper like they were really big like in the uk and they like at that point they'd already done a lot of japan and they'd gone to america and done like you know like shimmers and things like that they'd really i looked up to them Especially when I started, I was like, that's the level I want to be on. And any opportunity I got to like work with them, I, which was, to be honest, not a lot, unfortunately. I never really got to wrestle any of them that much or really work with them. But when I did, it was very enjoyable. I learned a lot. And I always, yeah, I always wanted to be held to that kind of like standard and caliber. And I'm, I'm really happy that I can kind of be like, yeah, like we were like really doing something. And we come from like the kind of same backgrounds in the UK, you know, doing the indies and everything like that. I think it's, yeah, it's very special to me. What really motivated you to go to Japan? Um, to be honest, I've always loved Japanese culture. Uh, anything to do with Japan, I love. I, I love Japanese wrestling too. I'd watch a lot of it on like YouTube and even stardom. I would, I would find a lot of it like just clips and matches on YouTube. And I was like, this is incredible. All, all Japan women's wrestling. I'd watch these matches and be like, this is what I want to do. This is the kind of wrestling I want to watch and do myself. So when the opportunity arose, I was like, this is, this is it. Like, this is my, my chance. Like, of course, like everyone's like, I want to be on TV in America. I want to do this. But for me, it was always Japan. I wanted to have a good run or like at least wrestle once or twice in Japan. And yeah. I did it and I was really happy and I, I miss it every day. Like I, I wish I could go back to Japan. So I, I would in a heartbeat. Cause it's, for me, that's my favorite style of wrestling. I love the country. Like, of course, America is great. Amer- like all of these different styles in, in one company is awesome. I do and will always have a soft spot for Japan, though. So it worked out a little better than a match or two, I would say. Yeah, but you know um, what? You know, I sh- I sh- I'm just trying to be humble. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just being modest. Ooh. Where uh, have you preferred living the most, Japan, America, or England? Japan. Really? Yeah. Like it's very strange. Like the first time I went there, I was like. I feel at home. Like, I feel like this is, I know I wasn't worried. I wasn't scared or 
you know, I was very optimistic. And as soon as I walked through like the door of the apartment, and then I was like, okay, I'm here. I'm going to go look around. I walked around, went to the store. And I was like, this just feels, I feel like at home here, like instantaneously. Yeah. It was really weird. I, of course, I love England. It's my home. Like it's, to me, it will always be my home and the best country ever. Um, I like America. Yeah, yeah. England, England. Victory. I love America a lot. It's great. I, f- I haven't found it as easy to transition to life here. Mm. It's for, for, you know, like even things like I, I didn't drive yet. Yet. So, yeah. And like getting around kind of hard, like in Japan and, America and the UK, I'm used to just like hopping on a train and like going somewhere or walking. Yeah, yeah. Like you can't do that here. And it's really like, oh man, you have to like really drive like to go 10 minutes down the road to like the store. Like what the hell? Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I like America a lot. Like the food's great and stuff, but Japan and the UK. Japan. Final like question. Yeah, I'll give it. It's, it's a high podium. Um, yeah, right. Final, final one from me before I know we have to let you go. Uh, I was speaking to Thunder Rosa recently, and she was saying how like Dustin Reynolds has been a big influence on her backstage. Mm. And there's you know obviously I know Brit obviously uh, has got the uh, Tony uh, love. I guess is the word I'm looking for. Uh, but either way, like, you know, there's a lot of different men like Kenny Omega and, you know, I yeah. know Jerry Lynn. Jerry Lynn's another one that's helped Brit, right? Like, yeah. um, who have you really enjoyed working with or spent a lot of time with uh, oh my gosh. since you've So many people, to be fair. I'm very much, uh, I'm definitely one of these people that I like to kind of work and get opinions of, like, anyone. any yeah. Anything that anyone sees or things I can work on and get better at, or a suggestion, I'm so open to hear it. Of course, Jerry Lynn's been, like, a massive help. I love Jerry. He's the man. He's so yeah. cool. And a lot of, like, the other wrestlers, I always kind of, like, just pick their brains about stuff. And there isn't really, like, I don't want to, like, a single really anyone out because there's so many people that really genuinely do help me. And if you know, you know. And I really, really appreciate it. There's such a vast amount of knowledge backstage at AEW. You've got like Dean Malenko, Arn Anderson, you know, Dustin, Jerry. You've got all of these people that you really can learn from, even if it's just one little thing. And that's what I like about it. You can go to anyone and everyone's very helpful. And everyone wants you to do better and be better. So it's very supportive. So everybody. <laughs> very cool to hear. With yeah. that... Double or nothing this Sunday, uh, well, Monday morning, I guess, if you're yeah, well, a Yeah, you it is. Oh, my God, I can't, like, I can't imagine watching it that late anymore. Like, I'm spoiled getting to watch wrestling at a normal time in this country. <laughs> I mean, I get paid to do it, so it's not too bad. I mean, yeah, but I mean, there's some, that's something. <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll take solace in that. But either yeah. way, double or nothing this Sunday from Las Vegas. Uh, Jamie Hayter, thank you so much for joining us thank on Talk. Thank you. It was very fun. Thank you. Have thank a good day. You. Listen. If Ricky Starks is going to speak, you will wait. You trust me on that. AEW, double or nothing, this weekend, Las Vegas, man. Welcome back to TalkSport. Ricky Starks, the Stark man himself, is our guest once again. One of the favourite guests we had. Very well-received episode, brother, when you was on really? here last time. I didn't know it that. It really was. Um, let's talk about the tag team match that you're getting into this weekend, man. Big spot on pay-per-view once again. We saw you in the ladder match, which we'll get back to. But this time, of course, you've got the big man by your side and two hella talented teams as well, man. Uh, it's one of those where I look at the card 
And I know there's like, you know, you've got Punk and Hangman and those featured matches, but I look at the talent in this match and I say, that's a lot that can happen here. Right. Honestly, th- this match, especially um, going up against a tag team such as uh, Jungle Boy and Lucha, Luchasaurus, as well as Swerve and Keith, um, me and Hobbs thrive in these type of situations, especially where we are put up against other people who we deem to be um, threatening to our position in the company. You know what I'm saying? We've been here since the pandemic Daily's Place, and it's been a long road uh, to get to this moment. But I really do think it's worth it, um, especially after this Sunday where I, I – I fully believe in my heart of hearts that me and Hobbs will walk out of there at the new AEW tag team champions. And I think it's a good moment as well for me and Hobbs to, you know, uh, solidify ourselves not only as the real main event talent, but also to prove to people who had some doubt about team Taz in the past that, uh, you know, we were the guys from the get go through and through. So uh, it, it's going to be a really great match. The talent is off the charts. I think this is not – people talk about sleeper matches. This is not a sleeper match, especially after the triple threat that happened yesterday between me, Swerve, and Jungle Boy on Dynamite. I think that was a great a glimpse into what people can expect this Sunday at Double or Nothing uh, in the triple – you know, the, the three-way tag team uh, championship match. So I'm really, really prepared, and I'm really looking forward to it. And, you know, the great thing as well was, obviously, I remember the layoff – that you had, but we still got Ricky Starks on commentary and we still had bits and pieces with Team Taz. How much have you enjoyed, like last night, just putting on shows again, man, showing everybody what you're about? Because being back in the ring must be, you know, the cathartic thing for Ricky Starks, yeah, right? Uh, Show everyone what you're about. My, my general purpose in, in life is to perform and wrestle, and that is where I get my fulfillment from. So every time I'm in the ring, uh, obviously uh, – it's a magical thing. I was born to entertain and I was born to perform. And so every time you see that, I feel like I'm giving you more than your money's worth. So last night was great just because and I, my family lives in Vegas and I, I used to stay here for a bit after the Katrina. So it was awesome to do that again in front of my sister and my brother, and my niece and in front of the new Las Vegas crowd as well, who hadn't had a chance to see me perform live yet. Yeah. And you also mentioned uh, Team Tasman. Like, again, uh, it's, people forget now. It's, like, it's a staple. It's been there going years at this point, yeah. Team Taz. How has it been, um, you know, like Hook, again, his ascension? Last time we spoke, yeah, which was like the third quarter of last year. A lot's changed yeah. for that yeah. lad since then, hasn't it? Like, he's really come out of his shell and he's, he's started to blossom into a bit of a star. How has it been to, uh, I guess you're going to aid his development as part of Team Taz? Of course. Um, I was, I, I'm not going to take any credit for Hook's uh, ascent into, you know, popularity. He's done it himself. Um, and he's always been one to do things his way. And coming from me, I will always respect that. So it's really cool to see how far he's come and in such a short, you know, uh, span, basically, uh, it, it's a really cool thing, especially for the fact that at a moment back in the day, people kind of doubted Team Taz, you know, people really didn't take us seriously. And now look at us. So it's cool to, to see not only that aspect from Hook, but also for me and Hobbs uh, and where we're all at currently. Yeah, I personally 
always like Team Taz just because of the talent involved, right? But do you well, think, from you. a perception standpoint, like where would you characterize the turning point? Is it like I don't know the Hangman stuff, or are we talking Sting and Derby? When do you think that maybe uh, you start to get more credit? You know, I would say um, that's a great question. I would say it's probably for me personally. I would say it was the Revolution match with uh, yeah. me and Cade versus Sting and Darby. Um, but I mean, you could, you could probably go a little bit further and, you know, past that and say it was, I want to say at the time that, uh, well, yeah, that, the revolution would probably be it. That's the best, the best mark that we can put on uh, that we all know about. Yeah. I mean, again, you know, you just mentioned case there. I want to bring that up quickly because um, listen, you were cooking the man on social media. You cooked him on the mic. Uh, and then, obviously, we haven't, we haven't seen much of him. Uh, I'm not saying yeah. that it's because of you. But we haven't seen much of him since. Like, um, how do you look back on that feud, man? Like, um, and how are things, like, with Cage? Have you, you know, is, it, I think he's maybe more involved with Ring of Honor now, I read right. recently. Yeah. Or, um, thing, yeah, but how, did you, how do you look back on that feud and the breakup? The thing with Cage and the feud, uh, I think, just straight up, I think, when you compare me to anyone, it's a it's a no win situation. It's a no win situation. And what I mean by that is, uh, I will roast you, I will verbally destroy you. Not only that, I will destroy you in the ring. And what you do thereafter is up to you. I have no control over that. So I think that was a perfect example of like, oh, this Ricky Starks guy actually has bullets in each chamber. Mm. And I think that's where this silly pillar talk started to come from was after that feud. Um, and, you know, I think it was a good example. Unfortunately, Cage had to, to, to be the one, the sacrificial lamb, but it was a good example of what I have to offer, what I'm able to bring to the table and also what I'm capable of too, you know? Uh, and I think Cage is going to be okay. Obviously, I've gone on, uh, but it was uh, you got to trim the fat sometimes. I mean, but that's what I, li- I like a lot about you, man, because it feels like every time you get on the mic, you're not. Um, what's the words that I'm looking here for? Like, you're, you're not kind of like playing, man. You're ready to go for it every time. It's like you're it's a ch- another chance for you. Right. Every time you get yeah. on that mic. And I feel like Literally. I feel it when you're on it is what I'm saying. Yeah. The, and the reason you feel it is because I'm actually very genuine in what I'm saying and I'm very passionate about it. And there's been a lot of times I don't have the, the same um, leg up that most wrestlers here have. I didn't come from, you know, someone helping me out and getting me a job or I didn't have some type of popularity on the Indies. I, I literally done it myself. So each and every time it's very important to me, whether it's on the mic or it's in the ring, as you see, to really prove my worth. And that's crazy to say at this point in my, my 12 year career that I'm still having to prove myself. And that's, that's fine. But that's where, uh, that's where that comes from is I'm constantly having to prove myself. Let me ask you, like, before you go on the mic with anybody, right? Like I know sometimes people let, you know, you might let someone know if you're going to say something in particular, or is it just understood that you're going to, you're going for it and it's like, okay, whatever, you know, everyone say whatever you like. I think at this point, people kind of just expect me to just go for it. Um, there's there's times where, and I said this in a, pa- a previous interview, where I don't really know what I'm going to say. Sometimes I do, but for the majority of part, I don't. Last night, I had a fan try to heckle me, 
uh, at, you know, ringside. And I immediately got back at him. I'm very quick witted and people don't really realize that. Um, so if you if you're gonna go against me and you're gonna try to jar with me verbally on the mic, you have to be prepared. <laughs> uh, let's talk as well about you know Cody Rhodes' departure. Obviously, I know you two have been close in AEW out in AEW, you know, and I've Love seen him. you say nothing's changed, man. So like for you in terms of him leaving though, was was that jarring at that time? Was it unexpected to you? Absolutely, yeah, it was definitely jarring. That that that's a guy that. Uh, even before AEW, I really admired and looked up to just because of how he, how, the type of wrestler he is. And so it, when he left, it was, it was a bit of a, like a, whoa, but nothing changed because I'm still, I still talk to him and we still are great friends and I still go to him for advice uh, and I still appreciate him. You know what I'm saying? And I don't mm-hmm. care what anyone says about why well, he works there, or, you know, this and that, that is a person who looked out for me. That's a person who took care of me and helped me out, especially during the neck injury too, really went out of his way to make sure that I was not only physically okay, but mentally okay. And that was the struggle. That's that, that was a big struggle. So um, as far as I'm concerned, Cody will always be top of my list in my book. And I will always ride for him because he has done the same for me. And I love you saying that about, you know, looking out for you and stuff because, you know, William Regal, of course, in the same room at the moment, but there's a lot of mentors and experienced heads and, and yeah. you know, a lot of legends, you know, for want of a better term, have come into the company, man. Like, how has it been being able to bend the ear of a William Regal, even a Danielson, Sting, or any of these guys? It's incredible. I mean, there's times where I, I spent, you know, over an hour talking to Regal and, me and Regal, Mr. Regal, we are familiar with each other because, funny enough, he was the guy that was there when I first did my – when I was doing extra work for WWE back in yeah. 2012. He, so he was there each step of my career, uh, and he's seen the growth of me. So it's great to talk to him now in this type of uh, environment and, you know, hear his, uh, his perspective on things. And I think at the end of the day, that's all I ever asked for for somebody is to – just treat me with the type of respect that I, I'm giving. And mm. Mr. Eagle does that, especially um, unsolicited or, or just sitting around. I, I sometimes go there really early and see him and, and Brian go over some stuff with people and I don't want to bother, but then I'm, I'm brought in and engaged that way, you know, and that means a lot to me because he doesn't have to do that. Um, but it means a lot because it's he he thinks of me in a way that he knows that I would appreciate and value the advice. So yeah. you know, well, with that, real, he, like, yeah, you know that, yeah. that love from anybody you respect is cool. Of course it is. Yeah, it, it it means a lot. It really does. It's a great feeling, and so it's cool to have that. Sting the same way. I talk to Sting about things outside of wrestling. You know, just about life stuff. And there's other more experienced people in the, in that locker room that also are more than willing to give me the time of day. So it's great to have that on hand. That's all I've ever asked for. Speaking of working with legends, man, you're, I think you've done great on commentary too. You obviously hear you a lot on rampage and you're sitting next to a lot of high, you know, whether it be even a Jericho stepping by, but you've got Jim Ross, Excalibur and all of these people, man. Yeah. Like, uh, again, it suits you down to the ground, that kind of game. 
I, you know, is that something one day you think, you know, when I'm done with this, that might be something I could do? Or is it something that you just enjoy doing on the side that stimulates you? You know what I mean? You know, I get that. I get that a lot. I don't know what my post career will look like. And it's, and to be straight with you, I don't care to think about it uh, at this point. That is not, you know, what I'm focused on right now. Yeah. Commentary is great. It's great to have on my resume. It's great to, to, to keep doing and picking at and getting better at. Uh, I do enjoy it. Obviously who knows, you know, after my career is over, I could do that if I wanted to. Um, but I'm enjoying it for what it is right now. And I'm just trying to get better at it uh, each day. I, I really do think I'm, I'm keeping my head above water with it, but what do you expect? I'm an active wrestler that got thrown into being a commentator. So I'm not going to pick up on it uh, as someone like a Gordon Sully or someone like that. <laughs> but I mean, I guess you, you would, you know, if you were going to say anything to Tony Khan, it's that you'd want to be in the ring, right? You'd want to be having matches. Like, do you of ever course, have to? Yeah. And you know, he knows that. Yeah. Those conversations you've had that, you know, actually, you know, I want to be on TV more. I want to do this. I want to do that. Like, yeah. What's that like? Well, to his credit, me telling him I want to be in the ring more and I'm more of an actor wrestler. And his rebuttal is right. But I also see value in you being a commentator as well. So why not do that while you're still healthy? And that's hard to argue. And he has a great point. So um, to do both is a blessing in itself. And for me to, to, to understand that and realize that uh, is uh, maturity, you know, maturity. So uh, it, he's understanding and, and he's great with it. And as you can, as you've seen, I've been in the ring way more often now. So yeah, a lot more. We're, we're on the right track. Yeah, absolutely, man. A few more from me before I know we have to wrap up here. Time is precious. Um, the six man ladder match that you was involved in, man, at the, at the paper. Yeah, revolution. Uh, hell of a lot of bumps there, man. It was a crazy ass match. Uh, what was it like to yeah. be involved? Um, you know, in, in a match that was so well received for one, but just, you know, hellacious moments involved there. I think at this point, people are going to, um, no, well, I would hope people don't expect me to just be this person <laughs> that gets killed every match. But uh, thank, thankfully, I'm a, a pretty durable guy, if you haven't noticed. Uh, you have to the, be the match itself. <laughs> the match itself was great. Uh, it was a great opportunity, especially for a shot at the TNT championship, which obviously I, I haven't been a stranger to letting people know that's a, a goal of mine. Uh, me personally, that's my personal goal. Uh, so to be in that match with those people and to be in the match, especially with Hobbs, it was, it was perfect. I'll bet the, the results wasn't exactly what I was hoping for. Uh, and I was close to, um, you know, just going, backwards in time with when I fell on my head uh yeah. it was it was still fine you know another thing I want to talk about I was talking about in ring forbidden door Ricky you got any yeah. ideas forbidden door mm. well we don't know what what these doors lead to so that's the other thing we gotta we gotta figure it out uh if I had it my way I know you're gonna want to answer as well as the dirt sheets they need a good headline um <laughs> I would love to wrestle Okada, uh, Naito, Sonata, those three. So people can run with that one. Oh, man. Let's, let's wrap up here. Uh, I know from previous interviews that I've read of yours, you're a big fan of The Rock when you was growing up. I'm here to well, tell you. Uh, well, hold on. This is Wikipedia. All right. Let's, let's, yeah, Wikipedia is definitely wrong. Let's squash that right now. 
I, I am a fan of The Rock, but he wasn't my favorite. The Undertaker is my favorite. So, uh, yeah, people really love to push that narrative that Ricky's a big rock fan. And he I think it's because you're good on the mic. I'm telling you. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Trust me, I do. I, and I'm not mad at the comparisons. But <laughs> if we're going to talk about who my favorite was back then, let's put The Undertaker first. Yeah, yeah. Quickly, tell me why. Tell me why it take up. Something about Taker, I, I can't really put my finger on when I was younger that I was just drawn to. Uh, it was just a really cool, I think it's the, the cool mystique that he had back then that I was like, man, what a, what a total badass. And then when you meet him in person and you talk to him, he's even cooler. Um, so, he, yeah, he's, he's the man. The Rock's awesome as well. It was, I'll put it in order for you right now, okay, so we cool. can squash any of the, the BS. <laughs> yeah, let's get the rumors. Yeah, so let's get the rumors that way. It goes The Rock. Or excuse me, it goes to The Undertaker. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> it goes The Undertaker, The Rock, and then Mankind. So there you go. There you go. Well, that's fine. I mean, listen, the, rock, the Rock's my guy. So I was ready for a full Rock loving at the end of this interview. But don't worry. Uh, number two is <laughs> cool with me, Ricky. It's cool with me, brother. Uh, Ricky, always a pleasure. I mean this when I say it, man. I'll have you back on Talk Wrestling anytime. Can't wait to see you guys, hopefully over here, sooner rather than yeah. later. But if not, mm-hmm. in the Same. States. Um, but as usual, Ricky Starks, thank you very much for joining Talk Wrestling. Thank you. That was William Regal, Jamie Hayter, and Ricky Starks. All brilliant, all great. Thank you so much for them for joining us. Enjoy AEW or Nothing this weekend. Tweet me and Alex your thoughts on it, and we'll get to them on a review show at the beginning of next week. We'll also talk the big news from around the world of wrestling. I'm sure have more guests for you as well. And there's potentially some very exciting news on the horizon about the weekend in Wales. You know what I'm talking about. Keep an eye out. Because we've got something big on the way. I hope. Fingers crossed. We're going to make it happen. I believe. Thank you so much for listening. This has been Talk Wrestling on your finite feed from TalkSport. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamline my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone.